0: Well, hello, and welcome to Remember God Loves You, and I'll meet you at the finish line. Well, I hope you guys are having an awesome day because it is the day that the Lord hath made, and we shall rejoice and praise and be glad in it. And how awesome is it to know that it is Friday, the end of the week, the end of the first week of September. I can tell you, time sure flies by, and it definitely blows my mind how we look at the bigger picture and we look at the bigger uh, scenario like realistically when we when time flies we're wondering how do i fit in the bigger picture you know um or how am i like playing a role in a certain uh position in my job or am i just going by the movements or am i just going uh just by the old cycle well the good news is is that God has placed you here for a purpose, and God has has a plan for you bigger than you know it, and that's where we look at today's um, b- devotion. And once again, it's brought to you by Attention and Truth Devotional. And that is, I mean, I looked into his um, the author. He is a he is right locking step with what I have to say. And how and it's by um, M- Madaz uh, DeZell. And he talks about today the bigger picture. And I think it's respectable because you're, I'm trying to figure out the bigger picture in my life. But sometimes we don't need to figure out the bigger picture in both of our lives. So with this in mind, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. And then we're going to dive right on in. Dear only Father, we thank you, Lord, for... Bringing us together, we think that we made it to and we made it to Friday the first full week of um, of September, which is the first full week of school, the first full week of life. Wow, well, it's not the life, but for some people that are born, Lord, it is a first full week. Lord, we're so blessed to be called you children. And Lord, we just pray that the devotion that we hear today may glorify you and may praise you. It may be uplifting unto others. And it may just bring hope. And it may bring them peace and calm. Because you're awesome and we're not. Well, we're not, Lord. You are a sovereign God who loves his children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. So today we're looking at um, Revelations chapter 21. And you're probably thinking, Lord, what, is, what has to do with Revelations 21? Well, we're going to take a read and we're going to see what, the, what God has to say. In verse 1 it states, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, coming down of heaven, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. And they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain from the old order of things has passed away. He who has seated um, on the throne said, I am making everything new. And they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, and murderers are sexually immoral. Those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And um, verse 9, we continue to read, one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of, out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates and with twelve angels at the gates. There were three gates on the sea, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had twelve foundations and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who t- talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates, and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city from the rod and the foundation to be twelve in length, and as wide as it is long. The angel measured the walls using human measurement and it was 144 cubits thick. The walls were made of jasper and the city of pure gold as pure as glass. The foundation of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third gate, and the 4th emerald, the 5th nox, the 6th ruby, the 7th chrysolite, and the 8th beryl, the ninth topaz, the 10th chirpois, the 11th jesenneth, and the 12th emespheth. The 12 gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold. As pure as transparent glass, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the, and the Lamb are in its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon or shine um, to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the lamb is its lamp. The nation will walk by its light, and the kings of the truth and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it on no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it nothing impure will ever enter it nor will anyone who does who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the lamb's book of life now that was a definitely a a challenge, um, reading. Um, not reading, but it's interesting. Um, it's very complex when we take a read in Revelations because there's so much to it. And I think it's better that we go back to Romans 8. Now, I'm saying all the Bible is great. But Revelations 8 can sometimes overwhelm us with the bigger picture. Because... It's overwhelming to know that you're, you're trying to figure out if this is actually true, and how can this be? Well, the good news is, is that the Bible, last time I checked, is 100% true because God wrote the Bible, and but he uh, had 40 people inscribed into it. And when we look at Revelations, it is a very complex book within itself. Because you talk about the rapture, the tribulation, and then you talk about um, the new earth that's going to be coming down. And then all the glamorous and uh, pompous circumstance that goes with it. Now, when I read that before coming out on the podcast, I had a hard time understanding. And so it's kind of a challenge and kind of a harder But I thought I'd just throw Revelations 21 for you guys. And I love Romans chapter 6. Now, we're going to go back to a chapter that's more about easier to understand and kind of get in the bigger picture, unlike Revelations 21. And don't worry, we're going to be coming back to Revelations a couple more times, probably this coming year. So in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, we read, What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death and in order That just as Christ was raised from the dead, um, through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. Mastery over him. The death, <clears throat> uh, the death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives uh, to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires." Do not offer any part of yourselves, do not offer any of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness, for sin shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace." And I absolutely love what Romans chapter 6, 15 through 23 states. Now we're going to come back to that probably at a later date, but we're going to be looking at the bigger picture, of course. In verse 13, or in verse 15, excuse me, uh, it states, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone, as obedient slaves you are slaves of the one you obey whether you are slaves to sin which leads to death or to obedience which leads to righteousness but thanks to be thanks be to god that through you used to be slaves to sin and you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Verse 19, I am using an example from everyday life because of your human limitations. Just as you used to offer yourselves as slaves to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness, so now offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness, leading to holiness. When When you were slaves to sin, you were set free from God or set free from the control of righteousness. The benefit did not or the benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of. Those things result in death. but now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the right and the results is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen, and amen. I definitely can tell you, this has definitely been a like a struggle. Um, Especially, I don't know if I'm nervous or not, but I'd like to apologize for fumbling over the words and. Um, It's no matter how many times I read before coming on or before recording, it just doesn't work out. Because I write it perfectly before coming on. Um, But besides that, there's a bigger picture to that. And there's a bigger picture in your life. The truth will set you free. That's the big thing. The truth will set you free. It sounds good or sounds too simple to be true, doesn't it? The reality is, we must learn to be to hold both tensions and truth simultaneously. Tension is part of our reality with, um, whilst here, in this fallen world, a truth we can't ignore nor deny. John sixteen thirty three we read a couple days ago tells us clearly that in this world there will be trouble, but at the same time Jesus has overcome the fallenness of this world and offers a redemptive solution. Therefore, we hold the tension of this fallen world in one hand and manage it with a bigger picture of truth that we were created for eternal life. Our life on a never-ending line of eternity is a mere dot, a morning mist, If we don't have a bigger picture perspective to hold on to, then the trials and tribulations of life do feel meaningless. Okay, something about that really hits home. If you don't know the bigger picture of your life, if you don't know the bigger picture knowing that God has loved you, God cares for you, God only wants what's best for you, and that one day that we are going to cross that finish line, and you're gonna run into heaven and have everlasting life. If you don't know that concept and that bigger picture, then of course you're gonna think every storm that you're gonna face, every hurdle or every fogginess is something that is unbearable. And we have some people that have that kind of a mindset. We do in this world. And even as Christians, we can try, we, even as Christians, we tend to think that way sometimes too, when things get overwhelming. When you get bad news that your car breaks down, and then your car breaks down on your way to the doctor, so then you get a ride, and then next you know, at the doctor's office, you get really bad diagnosis. You either get cancer or something bad happens, and then you get home to know that your loved one has passed away, and I mean, that's a big hypothetical, but I'm sure that is hard to manage, and that's hard to look at the bigger picture. It's a, it's harder to look at the bigger picture when you get a phone call and you lose your job. It's a it's a bigger it's harder to imagine the bigger picture when you um you get called to the principal's office for high school students. It's a harder picture for that. Because you're wondering, whoa, 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 what did ha- what happened? What did I do? Who did I talk to? What just happened to me? And how what did I do wrong? And so that's the importance of not looking at the smaller picture because the smaller picture is our only worldview perspective and that is a very unhealthy perspective to have and i absolutely love as we continue um, through this devotion the truth will set you free from apathy and hopelessness there will be a day when jesus will wipe away every tear amen and amen i want to reread that again There will be a day when that tear of despair, that tear of sadness, the tear of hopelessness will be all wiped away by Jesus. There will be a day. I can't wait until that day. There will be no more mourning, crying, pain, or death. And this is why Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7 tells us not to worry. Because worry places us in a powerless position. As worry turns our peace into pieces, worry places our mind in the past of regret or the future of fears. Both powerless positions. Prayer, however, places us in the present moment and is powerful. The promise. Is that God's peace will guard our hearts and minds. The biblical meaning of the word peace is the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and content with its earthly lot of whatsoever sort that is. And with that note, I think it's respectable that uh, we end it on a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for bringing us together. We thank you that we can just come here in reverence of you, Lord. We're so blessed to be called your children. We're blessed that we can take a look at the bigger picture, Lord. A bigger picture knowing that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms. And that we don't have to shed any more tears of sadness, hopelessness, the question, why? Lord, I just pray that you can just watch over our hearts. And I just pray that you can just really, we continue to pray and we just continue to walk into you, Lord, because you're so awesome. Lord, I know that we all face struggles, Lord. I know that it's so hard for us to look at the bigger picture. So Lord, I just pray that you give us patience. Patience. Patience in everything. Patience in the situations that we're going through. Patience in knowing that you are awesome still at the end of the day. And so, Lord, may you guide us and protect us as we continue the journey that you have set before us. The path with mountains, valleys, storms, and fogginess. So that when the winds come and the rains fall, we can call upon your name. And you can come. And walk alongside with us. Give us a hand and assurance of saying that everything's going to be okay. So that when we cross that finish line, Lord, we can run into your arms. And we can hear you say to us, well done, my good and faithful servant. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, I hope you guys have an awesome day and an awesome weekend. And remember, God loves you and I'll meet you at the finish line. Bye.